Yeah, so how have you been dealing with everything, you know? Uh, everything cool? Like, it's, I know this is like a fucking, what, what, what is, what have either of us done to prepare us for something like this? <laughs> I tell you, man, it's, it's been weird. I, in one respect, I'm cool because of my job, job situation. You know, I'm working from home. I'm fully, fully employed, fully insured. Yeah. You know, um, the other respect is that, is that I've, I've, I've never had to work from home before. There was a brief moment for like two days during Hurricane Sandy where I had to work from home and I remember hating it. Yeah. And then it's funny, I had done an interview for a fanzine right at the very beginning of this uh, predicament and it went up online the other day and I, and I read it and I, I, and I said something in it like, well, I, know, I guess we'll have to be home for at least a month. And I was kind of like laughing to myself now, like, shit, if it was only a month, that would be great. I'm actually seven weeks in this coming Wednesday, I've been working from home. So I think it's, I don't know, I'm making the, the best of it, but I kind of, I hate it. I hate not being able to just go out and do shit. And I hate, hate not being able to see my friends and yeah. play music and go to shows. And it's, it sucks and go to the movies. And, and there's like a million things I, I miss, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the, the I'm working alive. Yeah. I'm glad to be alive too, man. And it's like, but there's like this, yeah. uh, ever present, um, anxiety though. You know what I mean? Especially, yes, uh, you know, especially here in New York, we're, we're on the tip of the spear, this whole thing, man. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, if you watch, uh, governor Cuomo, the numbers are coming down, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's a long road till till things are anything like what they were prior to this, you know? I know. I do watch him every single day. And today's numbers, the death numbers, I call them. Yeah. It was the lowest it's ever been. It was like 490. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was for, lower than that, actually. But yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's like last week, like I felt like every day for three weeks straight, it was 800 or something. Yeah. Like every day, mm-hmm. like, which is insane. Like. I just to really think about that. Um, you know, like I said, kind of knocking on wood and, and feeling fortunate. But at the same time, like I'm having horrible sleep. Like last night I fell asleep at 4, 4 a.m. Couldn't sleep to 4 a.m., you know? Yeah. Um, and I still have to wake up in the, in the morning for work yeah. every, you know, every morning, which kind of helps, though. It, having a routine helps. But it's it's even hard to get on board with the routine. It really is. Yeah, um, I I had a hard time falling asleep last night. I I before I went to bed last night, I was convinced that I had contracted COVID nineteen for some reason. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I you know I, I've been doing these workouts on the roof, and the last like couple of weeks has been kind of cold. So uh, you know, I get sweaty uh. and. You know, whatever, yeah. come downstairs. And last night I was like, all right, I was sneezing and um I'm laying in, you know, getting ready to go to sleep and I'm like, Man, I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna die. I got COVID nineteen, uh, you know, and I yeah. had a nightmare and all this shit. So I mean I feel better today, but uh there's like that weird anxiety, you know. And uh Yeah, me too. Like there have, have been a few nights I bought a thermometer a month ago and it's yeah. a, it was Good a smart idea. investment. Yeah. And I there have been days where I've had low grade fevers, you know, mm-hmm. it's never gone above 99.5. That was the highest 
it's ever been, which is the beginning of a fever in an adult. Yeah. So I've never had like a high fever, but I felt like there was a period in the last four or five weeks where I really was feeling questionable. Um, and honestly, Mike, it comes and goes still. Yeah. I mean, like, it's strange. to be completely honest, I've, I've kind of been sick since like mid-February. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not not anything crazy, but, uh, you know, I'd sneeze, I'd have like, I mean, just kind of typical like midwinter, like late winter kind of stuff. And, uh, right. you know, I wasn't like staying home from work or anything or I wasn't, I was just living my life. But, um, you know, I, I've been like under the weather for like literally since February. So, mm. you know, and, and even last week, um that was kind of the thing where I've been, I've been trying to work out every day and, and, uh, Friday of last week, I was like, you know what, let me take it easy. I feel under the weather. And then same thing <clears> happened <throat> this week, Friday comes around. I'm like, uh, feeling a little bit under the weather, but like I said, it's not, um, you know, I'm good, you know, but it's just probably one of those things, just the anxiety, the stress, you know, yeah. I think exhausting. psychologically the stress, exactly. It's bad, man. It's bad for you, for you. It's just, I, I really can't wait wait for the day that and, and I and I do think it's going to come. I think uh, people will mentally start to start to feel a little better, you know. Um, like I also feel like in in New York, for for you know, it, every day for like fourteen days, like it's been like kind of just dreary every day, every day, and just kind of like not warm enough, you know. Yeah. Exactly. And today's kind of another shit day. And, and I, and I just looked at the, you know, I look at the weather forecast every day and and yeah, the next like five, six days is going to be more like today. It's like shit, shitty. Like it's not going to be what it should be. And it's just, that kind of adds to it, to it too. It's just, just shitty all around. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a real trip, man, do this whole thing. And, um, I don't know. It's just been, uh, for me, I think it's probably been about five weeks since, uh, you know, I've been out and about in the world, you know, mm-hmm. so. Well, I've been going out. I mean, I go to the grocery store. I, I, I've even been to my girlfriend's house. Not, I have not taken the train in seven weeks or the bus, seven weeks. I've been, I've been taking an, an Uber over there. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's been fine and, and she's been feeling fine. That's why I almost feel like it's just kind of on me. Like, <laughs> you know, like. It's just, I think the toll it's taking on me mentally is more real than any physical symptom, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But the mental is, is, is fucking real, man. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's, it's coming out in different ways. You know, like I was saying, I had a nightmare last night and I, I barely ever, ha- like I sleep like a, like a baby every night usually. And oh, wow. I was like up and, you know, tossing and turning and next thing I know it's time to get up and, and similar to you, I like wake up and I, I keep the routine. Um, you know, I usually, uh, clock in between six thirty and seven at work and, you know, do my thing and, and that's it, you know, and then move on to the other stuff I got planned for myself. You know, that's, and that's, I feel fortunate once again, because, you know, I think I would be losing my mind if I didn't have work to do, you know, if I didn't have anything to do, you know, Oh my goodness. It, It would be, and aside from the other ramifications, of course, yeah, um, yeah. Geez, I, I, so many people I know are just, you know, 
it's that, that that one check is not really going to cut the mustard, you know, and, and for the people who can't get unemployment, I imagine it's, it's just even worse, you know. But uh, like I said, I, a part of me wants to be optimistic about about some things in the coming months. Um, you know, I think we are going to turn a corner and I think the numbers are going to change. And it's just, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a while, but it, it's not forever. You know, it is it, it, like things will get better. I do think they will get better at some point. Yeah, I'm on that same mindset too. Uh, coincidentally, today was uh, supposed to be the first day of the Napalm Death Tour for us. <laughs> oh man, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's still. I got the I got the notification in my schedule this morning. It was like Chica <laughs> Chicago uh, Napalm Death Tour, and I was like, "Fuck, man!" You know. <laughs> I saw that Napalm put up all their their merch that they had ready for the tour uh, for sale, and uh, man, they had some nice. It's a nice merch uh, for the tour. I, I may, I may partake. Yeah. Help them out. <laughs> Fucking a, man. I mean, it's like we we didn't order any merch because we got the notification that. I mean, for them, they 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 were coming over to the states like a while ago. Yeah, like I said our our part of the tour started today, so we had all this lead time. So we didn't we didn't buy any merch. So that was a good thing. We weren't stuck with a huge bill like that. You know. Yeah, because I know the festival tour bands too. Like they, they've been trying to, like you know, like uh, I saw Gate Creeper did like a big sale, and they sold almost all their shit that they had, and it's almost like a real, like a collector's item because it's for a tour that never happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally, man. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like uh, the the tour that never was. You know? <laughs> yeah, but uh. I guess what's good is that uh, I've been having a lot of time to read and watch movies since there's nothing else to fucking do. So yeah, same here. Um, I've I mean I I have a huge uh, collection of, of DVDs and, and Blu-rays, and on top of that, I uh, I literally have six streaming services. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the same. I'm at that same I'm level too right now. With, with stuff. Uh, there's lots of stuff. I, I bogged down. I got DC Universe uh, back literally right when this first hit. And I, I love it as a DC Comics guy. The Titans show is amazing. And Swamp Thing season one was great. And unfortunately, it's not coming back. Um, and now I want to jump into uh, a bunch of the other stuff they have on there. They have a ton of comics on there. They have the, uh, the new Harley Quinn cartoon is fucking amazing it's uh like adult themed yeah there's like cursing and it's really good i mean everybody in the entire dc universe makes an appearance in it and it's very well written and it's funny and it's just very entertaining if you're a, a dc comics person even if you're not a dc comics person if you're like one of these you know harley quinn people it's uh it's definitely something to fucking watch yeah, it seems like there's there's like a, a Harley Quinn fan base that actually doesn't even read comics. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. That started a few years ago. Uh, it, there's you know with the cosplay and absolutely, um, people just like her, you know, and they may not pick up her monthly comic, but they're all about her merch <laughs> and and the tchotchkes and everything, which is hey, it's cool, you know, 
lot of times it could lead to comic book reading, but you know, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, yeah, I also have Shudder, which oh, I yeah, I need to kind of I need to pay more attention to it. But lately, what has been controlling my life has been Ray Donovan on shows. <laughs> really, you know, I I, I got to I, I you know I never got into that. Maybe it's time for me to dig into Ray Donovan. Right. I will make a, a, a bold statement. I defy anyone to watch season one, episode one of that show, and not want to watch every, not want to watch every single who's in it. <laughs> That's how good the first, like the first shot is. Um, my girlfriend and I, it was right at the start, I think, of the of the you know coronavirus, like the second week of March. We were like, you know, neither one of us have seen Ray Donovan. Let's watch it. And now we're both obsessed and we're on to like season like six or seven or whatever. It's fucking great. It is really great. Um, the rough, you know, rough premise is uh, a Boston uh, family kind of relocated to California and, and Ray Donovan Leif Schreiber is kind of the, you know, the, the main guy in the family. And he's like a Hollywood fixer. Uh, and he works for Elliot. Elliot Gould is his boss. And uh, John Voight is his dad. His dad is like a real piece of shit. Um, John Voight won some uh, some some Emmys for the show. Really? Uh, yeah, Lee Schreiber has nominated a bunch of years in a row for the show. It's just really good. Um, it's uh, I can't I don't know what I could compare it to. I mean, somewhat of The Sopranos, but not really. Um, it's kind of in it's its own thing, you know. But it's really fucking good. It's like you know, it's kind of dirty. It's really violent. Um, it's kind of got almost a comic booky, adult comic booky qualities to it, uh, to me at least. Uh, I feel like Ray Donovan could have his own, you know, monthly adult book, in my opinion. But uh, it's just a really great fucking show. Check it out. Yeah, I like Lev Schreiber. I'm a fan, and and the rest of the cast is like pretty uh, pretty heavy hitting, you know. John Voight yeah, awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, uh, Hank Azaria is on a bunch of it. And then, oh, Stephen Bauer, um, you know, Manny from Scarface. Yeah. He, is, he is unreal on the show. He's great. Absolutely great. You know, I, I, I have to admit this, and it's um, I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't seen Boardwalk Empire. It's an entirety. Well, I, I'm going to admit, too. I have not seen the end of it. I missed the entire last season or the last season and a half, but I really enjoyed the hell out of all the other shit I saw leading up to it. So I don't know. At some point I got to get back on the horse, but now I'm, it's just, there's only so many hours in the day, even, even under quarantine. There's only so many <laughs> and, and my parents uh, swear by it. I mean, I, uh, when I would go visit them, uh, it would be, they would, be watching it and I would catch episodes here and there. And I was like, yeah, this is definitely something I'd be into you. But I, I, at the, you know, the whole thing's, I don't know how many seasons there are, but it's like uh, a pretty epic story, you know? Yeah, no, it's great, man. Especially those first few are, are fucking great. Um, aside from, from that kind of stuff, I've been, I've, I've been picking up, you know, Blu-rays again and I've kind of done some double dipping because I feel like, some of the DVD quality on some of the stuff just it just doesn't hold up, you know. Yeah. And uh, I bought the Blu-ray of Lizard in a Woman's Skin, uh, one of my favorite uh, Lucio Fulci movies, 
uh, Mondo Macabro has the the Blu-ray, and man, it looks fucking gorgeous. I mean, you know, throw away your DVDs, gorgeous. Like, you know, <laughs> um, it's funny. I read this article about Blu-ray versus DVDs, and still, most people who buy physical product, like the DVD number, is still higher than Blu-rays. But the funny part is, is that these people are watching them on TVs and in setups that are designed for Blu-rays. Like, like they're kind of doing themselves a disservice by not watching these things on Blu-ray. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, price-wise too, man. It's like there's not even that much difference in cost really between DVDs and Blu-rays. Like three bucks, two bucks, yeah, three yeah. bucks. Like, but honestly, it's it's if you know you and I are movie guys, and we're you know. We, if you're like a movie person, you should be watching things on Blu-rays. If you're buying physical product, you should be, you should cease your DVD buying, honestly. And but, also, uh, yeah. a lot of times, like they, you buy the Blu-ray and they give you the DVD. Yeah, well, there's combo packs. Exactly, a lot of companies do combo packs, including the companies uh, you know that 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 we like, you know, Synapse and. Severin and you know Mondo Macabro has a couple of, of uh, combo packs. Uh, this lizard and a woman's skin though is a uh, Blu-ray only because, truthfully, it's been released on DVD three other times in America. So, but this was one of the first uh, American uh, Blu-rays, and it just looks so great. And you know, it reminds you how it's it you know how, how good uh, a director Fulci can be when he's doing his good shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he's almost like, our guess gets more of the love and a lot of people will be quick to say his movies were better, but honestly, Fulci's great streak is really just kind of right up there with Argento's great streak uh, to me, you know, uh, Lizard and Woman's Skin, Don't Torture Duckling, and Zombie are fucking amazing movies, you know? Um, then there's, uh, another one, uh, one on top of the other, which is another fucking great kind of lesser known Fulci movie, uh, earlier Jow film, which is fucking awesome. Um, I also picked up something from Severin that came out last year and I slept on it, but I bought it, you know, on eBay. I paid way too much money for it. New, uh, blood on Satan's claw. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, they made a they made a, a three thousand piece only. Oh man, uh, Blood on Satan's Claw with Blu-ray and CD soundtrack that sold like wildfire because it had this cool kind of slipcover on it. Hmm. But I basically paid double for it on eBay because I really wanted it. Um, I think I'm going to watch that tonight. Uh, my buddy who has this says it looks unbelievable on this Blu-ray from Severin. Uh, I've never seen this movie, Mike. You've seen it? Yeah, years and years ago. I, I'm a big fan of those like de- '70s, like like devil movies, like yeah, worshippers. It's a folk horror classic, and a lot of people consider it one of the best uh, British horror films ever, and one of the best European horror films ever. So I'm pretty excited to watch this one. That's awesome, man. Enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been buying any Blu-rays because my Blu-ray player is uh, in storage until Friday, actually, when I finally get at my all of my stuff from my <laughs> apartment, you know, move, move, cool. become, uh, you know, live like a human being again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. 
Well, what Diabolic, uh, that company Diabolic DVD uh, is having this this great sale right now of all the Arrow stuff, and Arrow makes fucking amazing uh, Blu-rays as well. And uh, I, I placed an order with them the other day. I'm waiting for some for some great stuff to, to come my way. I got Cruising on Blu-ray coming from them. They put it out last year. It's supposed to be a really nice uh, Blu-ray of Cruising to replace my, my DVD. And then I picked up some older Argento stuff, which I didn't have on Blu-ray, like, um, what do you call it? Bird with Crystal Plumage, which is one of my favorites, and uh, Cat and Nine Tails, which I've never owned any copy of, actually. Uh, so that's going to be nice on Blu-ray. Um, but before that, I picked up two other cool things from them. Uh, I picked up Hot Dog the Movie on a uh, unrated producer's cut from uh, Synapse. Remember the 80s ski movie, you Hot know, Dog? I'm trying. I think I'm getting that confused with something else. But what's what's the premise of that one? Well, the thing is, okay, Hot Dog... Uh, it's uh, it's a winter skiing competition. Um, and the funny thing about this movie, it's a part of the teen sex canon. Okay. However, there are no teenagers in this movie, and no one is even in college in this movie. They're all adults in this movie, actually. It's 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 a part of that world, you know, and that wheelhouse. Yeah. But there are no teenagers in this movie. Everyone is probably in their 30s in this movie. Late <laughs> 20s. But it is a part of that that world. Um, it's like Rocky meets Animal House on skis is kind of the the the, the, the one liner. But it has David Naughton in it from American Werewolf in London. Oh no way! All right. Who does David Naughton? Yeah. I, um, I don't think I've think ever I seen. I saw him. this movie as a young child, once or twice, and I think I I hadn't seen it since. So it'll be kind of a treat to watch this on on a nice Blu-ray too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen David Naughton in another film besides American Werewolf in London, at least I'm aware of. Well, when when we were kids, he was in the Dr. Pepper commercial. That's the other thing I might remember him from. <laughs> the Dr. Pepper commercial. The big Dr. Pepper commercial. It was very kind of elaborate with like singing and dancing. And he was like the main, you know, the main dude in that commercial. I remember that, actually. Um. And also, what else did I get from Arrow? Uh, Alice, Sweet Alice. Oh, yeah, it's classic. Um, wow. This movie packs quite a punch, man. Another one that I saw when I was young a very long time ago and probably just, you know, couldn't remember much about it. Uh, this is a really, really good movie that looks really great on Blu-ray. Um there was like a version, I think, on Amazon Prime, and it looked like shit. Um, but th this is the way to go. It's uh, shot in Patterson, New Jersey. The whole thing takes place in Patterson, New Jersey in the 70s. Uh, stars a, a very young Brooke Shields. I believe it's the, the first movie she did. She's not in much of it. Don't want to give too much away. But uh, it's a really great movie. It's uh, the, the guy who directed it, Alfred uh, Sole, never really did much else, actually. It's kind of kind of interesting. Uh, before this, he did this infamous adult movie called Deep Sleep that almost landed him in jail. He, really? he shot he shot a porno using all the money from his family and friends in like 1972. Pretty much completely illegally, all over Patterson, New Jersey, in different places in the daytime and nighttime. 
you know, where, wherever he could, you know, get it going and it got released. And then like the feds found out about it and he almost went to prison. It was this whole crazy story. Yeah. But after that, he went on to do uh, this horror movie, Alice, Sweet Alice. And uh, yeah, fucking amazing, amazing movie. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic for sure. Uh, all of my movie watching has been done over streaming you know, I've either been renting or it's already been available on uh, whatever different streaming services I have. And uh, I, I kicked off the uh, quarantine with uh, watching Omega Man with uh, Charlton Heston. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, I, I ended up purchasing that one on uh, Prime because I think it was, uh, I think it was like seven bucks or something like that. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like the Richard Matheson I Am Legend book. I mean, that's a great classic book. And um, I don't know, it, it was kind of uh, unnerving to watch that in the beginning, you know, because there's this, like this global pandemic and all those people die. Yeah, my, my girlfriend and I watched that one. What's that one from like 10 years ago with that literally is almost mimicking what is happening right now with all the stars in it. Uh, uh, Contagion? Yeah, we watched that right when it started. And I was like, oh, why are we watching this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating a little that it's kind of mimicking everything, but there are quite a few similarities to that movie and what has unfolded. Would you well, agree? I, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, accurate, like scientifically with all the terminology and stuff. I mean, people aren't, it's not like one of these deals where you, you get, you know, into con- contagion there is like, like a 100% death rate or something like that. Yeah, no, it was a little, it was a little much, right? It was, yeah, I mean, it was a movie, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. was a fiction. But, um, yeah, that's the only one of those that I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> um, but aside from that, oh, I, as far as streaming, I, I've watched uh, Color Out of Space. Oh, man, yeah. Which I loved. And I'm probably going to bog down and get get a, the Blu-ray of that. Um, and I've noticed that when I've told people I've t- I've watched that movie because of my terrible Brooklyn accent, people have said Colorado what? <laughs> so I will, re- I will re-say the name of the movie, Color Out of Space. So, yes, not Colorado, no. So uh, it's really good. I mean, it's... I mean, it's, it's a little different. I mean, people compare it to Mandy. I mean, it's a little more kind of, I don't know, of a linear kind of less crazy movie than Mandy, right? I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an adaptation of a, of a H.P. Lovecraft short story, so. What's great about this adaptation is it's it's actually a lot of it is is on the money. I, I read the short story right before The, the Contagion, and um, I enjoyed it. And as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh, wow, he, he kept a lot of lines of dialogue. He kept a lot of the names and, you know, there's a lot of similarities to it. But the cool thing is that he made it way more digestible, I think. Um, and I think it's something that people who say may not like H.P. Lovecraft's books and stuff and might not like, you know, that kind of style of how it's written – they, they'll like this movie, you know, they, they'll like how he's put his modern uh, stamp on it. I and think it'd I be, see, it'd be really uh, interesting Sorry. Yeah. to, uh, to see what people who aren't familiar with Richard Stanley and 
aren't familiar with H.P. Lovecraft, if they're not right. familiar with either one of those things, that the movie's going to be like complete insanity to them, though, probably, you know? Yeah, I, I read some some reviews where people were like, uh, I don't get the hype on this and blah, blah, blah. But um, I think it's really great. And uh, honestly, I, I haven't watched a shit ton of, say, 2020 horror, but I've watched that and I've watched Invisible Man. Yeah. Both of them are fucking wonderful to me. So uh, I dug, I, dug, uh, <laughs> I saw Invisible Man, but... Um... I thought it was, I'm about, uh, I don't know, 80% on that movie because okay. one of the things I don't like and, you know, it's it's the, uh, when they take an old story and they spin it into this new uh, woke culture, you know? Okay, okay, yeah. And um, I don't know, it's like, I, it was, I liked the movie, I thought it was cool, it, had, it, was, it was good. But also, maybe if, if um, every film that I've seen recently has a reversal of, like, you know, a female is now the male, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm all about, like, uh, women having strong roles in movies. However, when you just take um, a character that used to be male or a protagonist and then just make it a female... I, I just think that's like a lazy way of making your point that women should have empowerment and like that women are valid. Oh, I hear you. you but know? the interesting thing about this movie, though, is um, the invisible man is a man. Yeah. But he's just not the star of the show, as right. in the traditional invisible man, which to me is one of the greatest universal movies. The the original invisible man. I fucking love it. Right. Um now, they I noticed, like, they've kept some of the kind of, you know, some moments or whatever. But, I mean, they made their own new movie. Let's, you know, honestly, right? Yeah. I mean, it's about uh, spousal abuse and uh, toxic masculinity, which, like, yeah, I mean, like, every movie's about that these days. You know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, a toxic male character, uh, a, a victim. Uh, yeah. You know, and I'm just like. Make make another film about it, but I don't know. I just think it's um, for me. It's like overkill, and I, and I think that I would rather see that story told in a different way than by using, uh, like a in the form of a remake. Like I'm not I'm not a big remake fan as it is. Like right. I have a very short list of remakes that I even enjoy, mm. and and then to take it and use it as like some kind of weird political thing is like what really yeah. turns me off to it a little bit. If you go to the original Cla Claude Rains um, movie, he was just a bastard scumbag yeah. for kind of no reason. And they kind of kept that. I mean, we, we don't know why, like this guy had really no reason in the new invisible man to do what he was doing. Like, you know, like he was just a control freak and he was abusive but he was a rich guy who had it all and who kind of got off on all this. Yeah. So there's a little connection there, right? A, a slight connection. But it is quite different, though. No, overall, it, it's a different, a different, you know, uh, ball of wax, right? One, one of the things, and I, you know, I'm going to give a spoiler out here, but the um, she murders him at the end of the movie, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that but was it, cool. It's debatable whether or not he actually was the guy killing everyone because there's like, you can argue with that it was his brother. 
Yes. Oh, no. Well, no. What I came away with, you know, we're spoiling the movie, but whatever. It's been out a while. Is that they both did things. He did that. Like me and me and my girlfriend agreed that um, they he the brother did some of the killings and the, the the husband did something. But the husband overall was a piece of garbage. Yeah. No, 100 percent. He was definitely That's the thing, right. The brother did, I think, the brunt of the of the killings. Yeah, possibly. Um but it was kind of like the two of them. Um, what I'm interested to see is if and when Universal decides to, say, pick another of the classic monsters, quote unquote, and what they do. Like, I mean, could you, you could make a cool vampire movie, you know, and, and, and plop it in like a modern setting and just, I don't know, I feel like that can be done. The, the Dracula thing that was on Netflix that was taken from uh, BBC, yeah. I thought initially that that's what that was going to be. Right. But in a weird way it was, but in a weird way it wasn't. I'm so conflicted about that series, by the way. I don't even know what I think about it. Like there were parts of it where I'm like, this is so great. And then there were parts of it I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm like 50-50 on it. I, I didn't even finish watching the whole thing, actually. I liked the beginning a lot. It started very well. Um, it, I almost I almost was hoping it would stick to, like, the old, you know, the old school trappings. And then when they threw them into the new world, it just was like, oh, okay. You know? I, See, like, I, I didn't even get to that part where they went oh, into yeah, the modern they, they world. Oh, yeah. They wound up in the modern world, by the way. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I'm always a big uh, fan for uh, werewolf uh, movies. and um, mm-hmm. But you know what? I got to be honest, man. I, I am afraid to see what they will do with a Wolfman <laughs> film. I got to be honest. Yeah. It won't, it won't be what I want, you know. It'll be something different that's <laughs> not as good, you know. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I, don't, I don't want them to fuck around with that shit, really, you know. True, true. What's interesting is I, I read somewhere that how people of a certain age think fondly of the of the universal classic monsters is how people of of our age think about Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, and Leatherface. Yeah, like they have replaced the universal monsters, you know, and. Like the, the the Universal Monsters, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, etc. They're not really like scary, right? They they they're they just kind of bring to mind a certain style of film and a certain era and a certain like nostalgia. And there's just something cool about it, right? Well, I think and, that yeah, uh, you know if you you could make Dracula scary, you could be you yeah, could make you could. vampires terrifying, really. Sure, sure. But like their characters, like, you know, you, you, you see that, that that kind of like painted white face and like the slip back hair. It's not like something that a kid is scared of. Kids are not scared of the universal monsters. And I almost feel like we're, we've turned a corner that kids are now not even afraid of Freddy, Jason, Leatherface and Michael Myers. Well, like, Michael Myers is scary straight up. You know yes. Yes. Like he's always going to be scary because he's just like mm-hmm. this, this shape, you know. what I mean, he's like my favorite of the eighties. Um, he is my favorite too. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could you could make. I mean, I don't know if anyone will 
just because of the climate that we're in. But you can make a great Dracula. You can make a great Wolfman. Yeah, really good. You know, Creature from the Black Lagoon could be good. You know, that's yeah, a well, that's a we sleeper. Enjoyed, we enjoyed the uh, the Wolfman. Was it from two thousand ten or eleven? Yeah, uh, that was a good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. You know, people didn't really like it though, but I thought it was pretty no, cool. No, I think I don't know. I think it's it's just it's a niche. Like I like unless it's got some really mega hype behind it, which is of course what drives things what drives things now. It, it's it's like those can be hard sales, but Invisible Man, hey man, it was a hit. So I feel like that was the the, the foot in the door. So we'll see what happens you know in the future i like the uh, the, the technology they did for the invisible man they made it this kind of suit you know it was it was uh that was, that was clever i thought yeah no i thought that was great so i want to tell you something that was weird that yeah. happened go ahead right at the start of the uh of the pandemic about two weeks before the pandemic right i'm a big brian keen fan brian keen is a, a horror writer american horror writer from pennsylvania who uh, I have almost every one of his books. He's got like, you know, a very large uh, array of, of novels and short stories out there. Um, I had ordered this book in like January, February that he, he wrote called The End of the Road, which is um, not a fiction book. It's just like an account of his his entire year that he spent on the road in 2016 and his thoughts on horror and even like politics and the modern world and traveling. And, you know, it's, it's not a, a, like a novel. It's not a fiction, horror, short story novel. But right around the time that I got it, and like the cover is, uh, is this, this sign and like this road with like a lightning. It just says the end of the road. Like this kind of like, you know, daunting kind of cover. And right as I started reading it is when all the shit hit the fan. Oh, man. <laughs> And it's been sitting in my living room amidst where I keep my, my DVDs and, and stuff on these shelves. And I've just been looking at it. I've been looking at that cover and like that title for, for like weeks. And I've managed to get about halfway through the book. It's this beautiful hardcover that's actually signed by him. Oh, it's cool. like a limited edition, you know. And I just felt like it was the most prophetic thing ever that like uh getting this book and ordering this book and i remember like it was a little delayed you know like it was supposed to hit you know the people's hands by like uh january something or february something and it finally came out like late february early march and I, it's just i don't know it's one of those strange but, but things this, to me the book itself that, though title, isn't, yeah it's not about like uh the end of the world or anything though it's no, just about it's like not. his his experiences on the road Yes, and he called it the end of the road because he he's like I don't you know I I may never do a, a a promo for a book like this ever again you know, um, and it was just so strange how like life just kind of like the, the coincidence of, of just the title of a book versus like the real life you know just yeah. I don't know just something that I've been thinking about. And I'm like, why haven't I finished this book? Like, I love Brian Keene. I listen to his podcast. I read his books. I have not finished this book. This book is like, like this fucking voodoo doll in my living room. You got to finish it, man. That's like, it's maybe, maybe 
Well, if you finish reading that book, all this will be over with. Maybe that's uh, that's what will happen. Maybe, maybe things will be better. Who yeah. the fuck knows? This, Mike, I swear to God, I have avoided this book. And it's a good book. It's really cool. It's, it's, it's kind of a fun book, actually. It's not... It's not a negative book. It's not like a downer. It's not a fucking uh, scary book, you know? It's just about his life and his thoughts. And it's uh, 2016 and like the political class. It's just, you know, all, all this kind of non-horror in a way. Yeah. His original idea behind it is that he wanted to write his own uh, Dan's Macabre, like Stephen King wrote. Yeah. Ever read that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Book. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to write an update on that. And then his whole joke is that, this book is almost nothing like that. It turned out to be something completely different. And yeah, I have to finish the book and I will, I will finish it. Um, it's, you know, it's going to be like a rare, you know, collector's piece, this book, I think, you know, because it's not coming out in, in soft cover. I don't think, I think it was like this like special one shot deal. That's like signed by him and it's like numbered, you know, I should get in. I should try to get into Brian Keene again. I, I tried like, Several years ago, back when at the Brooklyn Monster Factory days, I remember you recommended him to me. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I think, but I think now, if I revisit Brian Keene's work, I might, I might appreciate it more. I don't know. Maybe. Well, he he also just put out a very kind of like like a mini book called The Triangle of Belief. Okay. And this is also a a non fiction book. It's about a night in January 2018 when him and his girlfriend witnessed a UFO outside of their home. Oh, man. See, that's right up my alley, man. UFOs yeah, and, and shit like that. It's only about eight bucks or nine bucks on Amazon right now. Maybe this should be All right, yeah. your, your Brian Keene purchase. is called The Triangle of Belief. Yeah. My, uh, my, my main man now, as far as new writers go, is Adam Neville. Do you know who that is? No. All right. He wrote The Ritual, that movie. That It was the film oh, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His book, I mean, the, the the Netflix film version of it was awesome. I enjoyed it. His book crushed that. By oh, all. Okay. His book was so fucking good, man. And then his brand new book that just came out called The Reddening. I'm about, I got like 50 pages left. It's like 400 something pages long. And it's... uh. I just tore right through it. I mean, especially, you know, you're like locked in the house all the time. So yeah, yeah. what's that one about? Oh man. It's about, uh, all of his work has, has these connections to like ancient sort of pre-Christian, uh, folklore, you know, okay. there, there's always this like uh, very, um, archaic sort of vibe that takes place over, you know, time. And there's like a very slight, uh, sort of Lovecraftian thing that goes on. And this this book has to do with um, this like secret society that exists in the in the uh, rural part of the UK. And they're mm-hmm. this guy that was like a folk singer. And there's always like a weird musical connection, which leads me to believe that Adam Neville is a fan of like extreme music because he always references like black metal. And, and even this guy is like uh, this kind of a post-apocalyptic folk sort of guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> One of those like evil folk singers, you know? And and he uh, gets involved in this cult that has to do with these like ancient creatures that live underground. Ooh, and, yeah, thanks. <laughs> fucking, so, dude, I can't recommend it enough to anyone. It's uh, one of the, it's a, he's, 
I, I feel like I'm going to go on a tear and read up, read all of his other stuff probably when I'm done with this. And um, oh, yeah. And it's called The Reddening? The Reddening. Yeah. Oh, okay. And his writing style is great too. It's, it's like, um, it almost has like a Lovecraft vibe to it. The way he writes, the way he uses the English language. Um, it's very descriptive. It's very atmospheric. Um, it makes references to a lot of like, you know, like he uses, you know, words like shadows and darkness a lot and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, awesome. okay. Yeah. I'll check it. I, wanna, I do want to read the book, uh, the earlier book. So yeah, the ritual, but there, there's, I, I really enjoyed the, the Netflix version of it, but it really only told part of the story. The story okay. that's uh, portrayed in the in the novel is like there's like a whole section that wasn't even part of the the movie. So yeah, it's I would I highly recommend reading the novel. Awesome, very cool. And we've also been on uh, an Ed Reed for neck kick again. I, I watched all the colors of the dark. Um, my my Blu-ray from uh, Severin, which also again just looks so much better than the damn DVDs. It's not even funny. And uh, I, I pre-ordered, they have uh, making its uh, American Blu-ray debut, uh, The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, which to me is one of the greatest JAL films ever made. So uh, I'm excited to get that. That comes out in, sometime in, in May. And uh, Severin also made a cool t-shirt for that one, just like they did for All the Colors of the Dark. So looking forward to some, to some fun mail. Yeah. That's been like the high point of the day is like getting. Yeah, you know. it is. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, um, for people outside of, of New York, I'm not sure how it is with your mail right now. Um, mail has been ridiculous. Like I, I, I'm hitting like week four for a, a record I ordered from a guy on Discogs that has just sitting in the USPS abyss. And it's obviously due to the, you know, the COVID pandemic. It's just, it's just crazy. Like, I mean, I, I think the U S postal system workers have been hit quite hard. So it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. I, I can't imagine those guys not being hit hard and the kind of work that they have to do going out and delivering packages and mail and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and, and then like I went to the post office the other day and there was one person behind the, the counter, like, <laughs> It was like, you know, like five kind of like uh, setups, just one person working. Was and there a like, line? It, yeah, there was like 10 people behind me. And I was like, oh, wow. Hmm. So, you know, it's probably, they're probably definitely getting hit. Just like the, you know, the tr transit workers are really getting hit. Dude, I, I don't even go anywhere, man. I, mm -hmm. I literally, I don't leave the building for days at a time. <laughs> like I go up to the roof, I, I work out. You know, maybe I go get the mail, check the package, right. you know, see if there's a package. And uh, if I have to shop, I drive out to New Jersey, man. I go to the Whole Foods out in Metuchen, the town I'm moving to. And it's oh, like, wow. yeah, it's only like 40 minutes away. It's not even that far. Um, but it's worth going out there because there's like, you know, it's uh, way less people. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like people are a little bit more conscious out there. Uh, friends of ours have been talking about uh, Whole Foods in the city where mm -hmm. people aren't even wearing masks. Like you go in and they're like, oh, yeah. it it's takes ridiculous. you like an hour to get into the into the store and there's Fuck. like no one's wearing a mask. <eah, I wear a mask everywhere I go uh, and I wear gloves. I yeah. was at the 
I had to do laundry today, Mike. I went to a laundromat. I, I wore my mask and gloves. You know, I, what do you, I, uh, unfortunately, I don't have a washer and dryer in my home. So, you know, that's it, that's one of the, the drawbacks. But everybody in the laundromat was wearing a mask and gloves. So you got them. You got them, man. I mean, it's it's the only way, you know, at least till – I mean, it's it's the unknowns. You know, it's like – you know, yeah, probably not every single person you run into is carrying this disease, but it's like you don't want to take your chances, you know? No, absolutely not. And I don't know. I just think that the, the more people kind of like keep up with, the, you know, as much as they can with social distancing and the, and the isolating, I think the better off we'll be. But I do think it's going to be a very restless and interesting summer in New York, to put it mildly. Probably, uh, yeah. I think at some point people are going to be sick of doing these things. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm sick already of it, but you got <laughs> to do what you got to do, man. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah. I think um, I've talked about this before to some other people, but uh, back when I was a young lad taking uh, Taekwondo, uh, there's a thing called uh, the horse stance, where if you, mm -hmm. you you would sit in this position for ex periods of time, a couple minutes at a time, you build up and you don't move. You just kind of stay in this position. And I think that as a result of doing that a lot when I was a young young guy, learning uh, these things, that I'm able to endure a lot of this bullshit of just hanging in there, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know, there might be something to that. But uh, old but stuff that is, I've been – I'm sorry. Go ahead. What was think, that? Um, if, if, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the media is, is, is trying to help, but then they ultimately end up kind of just being like, I don't know, trying to scare the living shit out of people. The headlines are frightening, even when there's good news. You know, because I, yeah. I, I subscribe to the Times and the Daily News, like, you know, online. Like I have okay. subscriptions with them. So uh -huh. I get the the headlines every day. I get the, you know, whatever the briefs are and, and they show up in my email. And, and it's like the headline will be this like terrifying, you know, thing to, to draw you mm -hmm. in. But then as you read the article, you see that it's actually there's some some not so terrifying stuff in there. You know, even mm -hmm. even as as the infection rates are going down and the hospitalizations are going down. Um, yeah, they'll say something like, you know, they'll, they'll focus on the negative stuff as opposed to like how things are actually improving. And it just, you know, it helps this, uh, it creates this hysteria, you know, with people. Well, it's just weird because like, you know, the, that, that ship is, is going home. It's, it's leaving next week. That big ship yeah. that has people in it that they sent for New York yep. that they thought we would need. Um, that's going away. That's going to another city or whatever next week. And also the, uh, those like outside tents are all gone. Yeah. And, um, and today I, today I believe was the, the, the lowest death number we've had yet. So these are positive things. But of course, I don't really see the news talking about those three no. things. No, they're not. They're hmm. focused on other shit, just creating, you know, this like con continuing the hysteria, you know? And also, I don't know if you, you probably heard about the uh, protests that happened. Oh against... no, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. <laughs> that... Look, I I see that in two ways. 
my initial reaction was, what a bunch of idiots, yeah. right? Yeah. And that dangerous blah, blah, blah. And then my other thought is, well, let's look at the city where the protest is. Let's look at the state where the protest is. And let's look at the infection numbers of where the protest is. Um, New York and New Jersey and, and parts of California and New Orleans are like arguably the hardest hit. You know, there are cities all over this country that are nowhere near what's happening here. Okay. Because it's just, you know, New York is the fucking capital of the world, tourism, etc. So I kind of feel some empathy for the people who are getting a bit antsy, a little bit, a hair, because I don't think they should have the same regulations as New York and New Jersey and this places I just mentioned, you know? Um, and some places don't, you know, but I get it. Like I get the restlessness and I get the anger, you know, I get that. Right. But what but... I don't get is the potential for spreading disease and illness. Like it's, it's like, it's, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very kind of conflicted as to my feelings on it. Yeah. But there, there were protests in Albany and in New York city too. Now that's well, New York city, <laughs> like five people doing it, but um, in those other places, in like Pennsylvania and uh, you know other parts of the country, I mean, look, I get it, man. I mean, if you're if you're fucking hurting and your job has been fucking taken from you, and you're like, well, I'm fucking healthy and my whole family's healthy and all my buddies are healthy and everyone in our town is healthy, you know what? What? So I get that, right? Do you do you see what I mean by that? I see what you mean, but also I think that it's only a matter of time before those places start seeing exponential inc or Eventually, yeah. geometric okay. increases in in the amount of uh infections they have in those areas possibly it's honestly like that where was that i forget that big protest the other day i was just kind of saying to myself well we'll see what's going on in that particular town in two weeks yeah exactly if 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 nothing's doing then hey more great you know if all these people got sick then not great <laughs> It's just, I don't know. I don't think, there's, it, in a way, it's kind of good that it is up to certain governors to make those decisions. And it's not one blanket decision for the country because I think that would be crazy, you know? Yeah, that would be but insane. I don't know. I think people are scared of being uh, homeless, jobless, and penniless, you know? Yeah, no, so that's real. That's a, that's a real concern, man. But like That's where this is coming from. Um, and I, I think those effects will be felt down the line, you know, like right now, I think people are holding on, you know, but I think that we're lucky to be in the tri-state area, even though this is like the hardest hit area, because I feel like at least the government, the local government has like a realistic plan as to what the fuck oh, we're yeah. going to be doing. No, absolutely. Thank God we don't have somebody in office going. We're opening in three weeks, yeah, two weeks. Nah, that, so, you couldn't, yeah, I would feel like uh, completely hopeless if that was the case. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like it might not be as all doom and gloom this summer as, as some may think. I know that things will not be happening and things have been taken away and that's okay. But 
I don't know. I think things will turn a more positive corner overall. I really do. And I just hope that we're able to get some, some things to fight this. I mean, I know, you know, some of that's a bit more away off than it is, uh, you know, it, it's further rather than closer, but I don't know, I'm just trying to stay positive because I think well, the drowning in the negativity is, has done me no good and it's just doing anybody no good. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, I mean, to date, even, even the numbers and the types of uh, rates that were projected, uh, we didn't reach any of those like it was oh we always you know it came the peak came quicker less people died so i know everyone's working really hard on trying to come up with a vaccine so hopefully good thing too we went from two million to one million and now it's like 60 that like it's just i don't know everybody's projections were way off and i don't know I, I, it just it gets frustrating. As a, I'm not a scientist, you know, I, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I'm not an idiot. So these things kind of can be frustrating, and it's just like, well, okay, if it's not this and it's not this, why isn't it this? Uh, you know, but this is something that I think is going to be around for a while, and I think coronavirus tests and coronavirus season is going to be a part of our lexicon. Yeah. I think you know? so too, you know. And the the more we have to fight it, the more we have to treat it, the better. Because I think it's I think it's here to stay. I I hope it isn't though, but I think it is. Well, I mean, it might end up being like one of those things, like polio or something like that. I mean, you know, if you think about a longer timeline, you know, mm-hmm. just the human history, you know, the history of the human race. You know, there's been plagues, there's been diseases, there, there's been like chicken pox, smallpox, like all these things, polio yeah. that like, you know, and eventually there's a vaccine and then you get yeah. you know, vaccinated it and vaccine. you don't worry about mm-hmm. it anymore. I mean, have, do you worry about getting polio? Probably not. No. So, no. I mean, that's just how I see it, you know. I mean, even even the the bubonic plague didn't destroy humanity, you know. And there was like really no no uh, technology to fight it back then either, you know. No, and uh, yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. I you know I I feel bad for people younger than us and 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 the, like kids, you know, and uh, like you know people missing graduations, people missing certain things in the you know aspects of their life and kind of being robbed of it because of this fucking bullshit you know it's kind of sad yeah but you know what in the big picture man it in another year it's not even gonna fucking matter really you know what i mean it's like you're gonna be like oh shit man 2020 was a year all that crazy shit happened and that's it's time goes on you know yes i think getting over that hump and and getting through it is going to be key yeah Uh, and i just you know Hopefully, uh, want as many people around as possible to, to to be able to make that statement and say those sentences. You know. Do you know anyone who actually got sick? You What's that? Any, have you know Have you known anyone who's gotten sick? Oh yeah, yeah, really? a couple people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but they're all all the ones I know who got sick are alive. Yeah. So that's a good sign. Um, I did just find out days ago that my aunt and uncle have it. Oh, really? How long are yeah, how they're in the, they doing? They're okay. They're okay. Um, they have it, and and uh, yeah, they're in their mid 
mid late seventies. Um, but, uh, they just got it. Like they just, you know, oh, man. yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I worry about my parents too. I mean, they're, they're in the same age group and, uh, but I mean, they're like up in Putnam County, like they're in, they're in the part of the state that only like 6% of the total infections are, are in, you know what I mean? Okay. So yeah, I, I work with my mom too. Yeah. Yeah. They're staying home. They're not doing anything, you know, and, uh, and they're, they're in a relatively, air you know an area that's not really a hot zone so so I'm, i feel pretty confident about that no yeah my, my mom and her boyfriend are they're, they're not leaving the house or doing anything but they're both very extremely social creatures so i was worried you know like i was worried about them because they they love to go out they love to go away and they love to go out to eat and rest you know and it's just a lot of those things they can't do period but um you know, so far they've they've both been well. I mean, I just uh, yeah. I mean, uh, thankfully, people in, in my immediate circle of friends, I haven't heard about any of them having it. It's more like you know, people a little more outside of my like my closer uh, group of friends that have had it, but they've they've had it and gotten through it. I know one person that's had it and has recovered. And um, that would be yeah. Mike, my friend Mike De Guzman, who I actually had on the the podcast uh, earlier this week, and just just to uh, talk about, you know, his experiences with it, and um, you know, it he had a hard time with it. I mean, he also has had some, uh, you know, a bit of a history with respiratory problems too, so that might have um, contributed yeah. to it. But but yeah. uh, you know, it, it was no joke, man, and. You know, it's it's the struggles real with this stuff, you know, <laughs> to say the least, man. I mean, yeah. what was his worst symptoms? Not being able to breathe. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a pretty bad one. Yeah. See, I know the I know the people who've had it, who've had other just like more like feverish and just feeling like shit like that, that aspect. But the, the not being able to breathe part is the scariest one. Yeah. So, you know, it's keep that in the back of your head when you think about uh, running outside without a mask on or, or uh, you know, doing whatever you want to do, really. It's better just to, like, hang in there and stay home. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, see, some people have to go out because they, they, they can't get anybody else to do shit for them. You know, I get that. Yeah. You know, if you live alone, you get your food, you know, or you get your laundry. I mean, there's no one else to do it. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, we just got to be careful. Totally, man. So what do you, what, was, what would be the first thing you would do if, if a magic wand was waved and this was, and this was, and this was like gone or like oh. this is in the clear? I go back and uh, train Muay Thai. That's like the thing I miss the most. Right to the gym, huh? Yeah. And uh, then after that, it'd be band practice. And the yeah. only reason by, why band practice is not the number one thing is because I've been working, you know, we're, we're able to work on music remotely, like, you know, these days. So. Yeah. Yeah, we we have uh, my band, The Last Stand, we have our, our release kind of delayed. It's a, it's a split 12-inch uh, 
release because right as uh, the band that we're doing it with, the singer was about to record his vocals is right when this hit. So he, <laughs> their end of the, the split has still not been completed. Like ours is, is mixed and done. It just isn't mastered yet. And uh, so it, it's a bit of a wrench thrown in this release, but hopefully this release will come out this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're supposed to have an LP. And I mean, there, I haven't heard otherwise, so I'm assuming that we're still keeping the schedule. But, you know, we're, we're, we're in the middle of making an LP and um, the, the drums are complete. We took a break because we were supposed to do this Napalm Death Tour. And at the end of May, we're going to go back in and finish it. And it gets mastered in in June, and um, I mean, yeah, I mean, doing the guitars and the vocals, you could just go in like one or two guys at a time. You know, it'll be fine. Like we'll 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 definitely complete everything. And uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. It fucked up our whole shit. Really, it's like we played one sh one show this year, <laughs> and so far, it's like you know, we we played one show out in Jersey, which was awesome. Uh, we were supposed to play with Evoking a couple weeks ago. Yeah, the Staten Island show. Yeah, I wanted to go to that. Yeah, yeah and it's just, it, we were, it was right in the beginning of this whole thing, man, where it was like, yeah, man, let's get this out of the way before like things get shut down. And then there wasn't an official word on things being shut down. There was just one of those, well, you can't have uh, more than 250 people or something like that. And then the, right. the promoter was like, you know, I don't, I don't think we should do this. So, you know, and then we're hopefully, hopefully we'll do it again at some point. Cause I was really looking forward to that show. Um, I love evoking yeah. like all the other bands on the bill were cool. And, uh, totally, man, I, uh, we, we did three shows this year and one of them was at that place in Staten Island. Yeah. So it was the first show we did. And then we played a really good show in, in Manhattan, uh, Niagara a seven with maximum penalty, which was great. And then we played at, um, what do you call it? That place in Long Island, Amityville Music Hall with Leeway and Murphy's Law, which was another great show. And that was that was it, March 7th. Uh, by That was Saturday, March 7th. By Wednesday, the 11th, I was told to get my computer and go home that, oh, that morning. Man, dude. Yeah. That was my little day in the office. And what's funny is that Tuesday, my coworker, Cassie, said to me, uh, you know, right 20 minutes before the end of the day, she's like, listen, you should probably take your computer home tonight because I'm hearing some things. And I'm like, no, really? And, and I remember like kind of brushing her off. And she was like, well, I'm taking mine home tonight. I'm like, okay. And she was right. Wow. <laughs> that was March 10th, dude. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the dates are, but it was something like that for me too. It's like, I remember um, my mom, was like calling me at work and she's like, Oh, you know, be careful, like whatever. And all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, I'm fine. Oh, I heard about this thing, you know? And then, um, one day I came to work and there is this group that sits next to us in the office and they were all gone. They'd already decided they already yeah. were at mm -hmm. home like working. And that same night I had all my gear to go to train at the, the, the gym and then uh, my mom called me again, and she's like, they, they closed down all the theaters on Broadway. Yeah. And I was like, huh, this sounds like uh, this might be a serious thing, and maybe I shouldn't be, like, sweating on a room full of men. 
yeah uh at close quarters so i just uh grabbed all my shit and right around that time my boss is like take your computers home and you know we're not coming in tomorrow and i was wow. like oh okay so i grabbed my all my gear my computer and that was like the last time i was in the office <laughs> it was just yeah. like you know looking back it's almost like cinematic what happened with me it was like you know it's like something, something out of like a movie, like, oh, you know, no, everything's going to be fine. I'll see yeah. you tomorrow. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take my, my computer home with me. And then somebody's going, I don't know, but you should do it. You should do it. And I blew it off and I was like, no. And yeah, that, that morning going into the building, it was like, it was really strange, dude. It yeah. was just like, there was like three people out of, you know, hundreds of, of desks that empty. Like, wow. You know, and, and you and I are both fortunate because I mean, we both work for big organizations, you know what I mean? And uh -huh. I know like you probably the same thing with you, like my the company I work for has like top notch, like IT and like, yeah, it, yeah. it's pretty flawless, actually. It's pretty seamless, the transition to be to working remotely. I can do all the same things I could do at my desk, basically, you know, without looking at anybody. Yep. You know, just and, you know, and, um, and it brings up another interesting thing too. Is like, and my boss has even kind of confirmed this that it's like when, when things do open up, we're probably not going to be working full time in the office anymore. That's what he told me no. at least. You know, we'll be last, and and of the say the fifty states, we're the last to go, man. We're the last state yeah. to, to to have the like. We're the last state to have most of the sanctions lifted. Would yeah. you agree? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, I mean, honestly, working's cool. Like, I'm totally fine working at home. I, I, I do miss going into an office, honestly, at times. Me too. You know, I, I like the routine. You know, I, I like, I actually, you know, I enjoy getting on the train and, and you know, listen to a fucking podcast or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Going mm -hmm. to get coffee at, uh, you know, Starbucks and saying hello to everybody, whatever. That's, that's, I don't really, I'm surprised how much I miss that, actually. Um. Mm. But I, I can make a living at home and it's fine to be safe. But, uh, you know, my boss was saying that it's like we're probably going to go back to a 50-50 thing where every other week you come in. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. You know, and it's like staggered as to like how many people are in our area at a time, you know. That's cool. I mean, I'll do whatever they want to do as long as I think it's, it's safe and cool yeah. and – to me, one of my biggest concerns is getting on the gross, disgusting subway. Yeah. Um, hope that they have something in plant in places, plants for that to, you know, clean the shit out of that and fucking do something about the homeless people that have turned it into hotels. From my understanding, so <laughs> something's got to be done there. Let me let me ask you a question about, uh, you know, I mean, you're, you're a native uh, New York City guy, and uh, uh -huh. do you feel? Before all this happened, did you feel like things were kind of getting back to almost like the 80s and 90s, like in New York City? Um, a little bit in the subway aspect. Yeah. Yes. Not on the streets. No. no not on the street. Well, no way. But on the subway, I feel like I was starting to see a bit of an uptick in homelessness. Yeah. And an uptick in just kind of the crazy folk. Like, and, you know, um, and maybe 
a little bit of an uptick and just like the uneasiness. Yes. That's what Not, I was getting at mostly is like this. Yeah, a bit of an uptick. But at the levels of the 80s and 90s, no. No, 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 I didn't say anything like the 80s. But I mean, it was. I felt like it was like turning yeah, towards that. Yeah, something was brewing. Yeah. I'll say this. I felt like something had been brewing. Maybe it was this coronavirus. Yeah, maybe. You know. No. But yes, I think there was something brewing. And, and I felt like I felt like the trains were a little extra gross and a little extra unsafe, honestly. Yeah, and you know, yeah, there, I would agree with that. There have been times in the last uh, eight, seven, eight, nine months where I've actually felt, uh, I wouldn't say threatened, but like there might have to be a requirement for some decisive action um, in the yeah. last several months uh, leading up to this. And um, yeah, I haven't, I hadn't experienced that in quite a while, you know, and that's why no, I was like, yeah, wow. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. Totally, totally. When I was a teenager, I was actually mugged. Um, in like, I was 15. It was, uh, I remember it was like January, February, 1989 on the F train. And, that wasn't, it was not a fun feeling, you know, it was oh, like, no, man. it was terrible. That was, so it was terrible. Um, but that was also a time when I was going into Manhattan every weekend, you know, with my brother going to CB's so, or wherever. Um, that was a very, very different time period. Yeah. Uh, subway crime was way higher. Crime on the street was way higher. Um, I mean, man, it would take a lot for that to happen. But then there's some people that are of the mind frame that who knows what the summer is going to be like. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I was getting it going to lead up to is because yeah. like where where um with the office that I work out of it's uh it's in it's by Penn Station you know what I mean and and it's on Seventh uh, Avenue and um you know I would get off the train early like really early in the morning you know what I mean so so the train activity at night. It was, it was like the, like the dudes were still sleeping when I would get on the train in the morning. So I, I would jump on the subway and it would just be like sleeping home, you know, people, homeless people asleep, you know, like you were bothering them to get on the train to go to work. Right. So I would get off at, at, uh, you know, like Herald Square, that area, and I walk over to the office and then right along like 36th or 37th street in that area man right by the, there's a police station and literally uh -huh. right across the police station there is this i saw this guy early in the morning like shooting heroin like on the fucking sidewalk that is fucking bonkers and i dude, mean yeah it's some old cool shit man that was that's what i was like i was like that that is <laughs> you know a blast from the past man for sure because it's been like a long time since i've seen anything like that in new york city and you know the the cardboard. I mean, I don't. You work in a different part of town, so like, and where I'm at is like more of this, the crazy homeless guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there was like always some kind of action on the streets. Yep. And uh, yeah, I was just like, I was wondering. Now I'm like, without, without the kind of um, supervision, you know, with there's like no one in that part of town right now except for these people. And I wonder how it's going to be like this, like you were saying, this summer. Yeah, I, I think this summer is going to be interesting. Um, I really hope these cops who are sick get healthy yeah. because they, I have a feeling they're going to be needed. Um, if you add in the, the heat, the closing of the beaches, the closing of the pools, 
less police and joblessness, this could be really interesting. Okay. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. So, um, yeah, brace yourself for that. Everybody strap in for that one, New York City people listening. <laughs> um, I, that, that's why I really hope things turn around in the, in the, in the next month or two, honestly. Because cause all of that added up is, is a disaster. Um, and you can, you know, people are only going to toe the line for so long if they're miserable and hungry and jobless. Yeah, that's 100% the page I'm on too, man. You know, I was just like looking ahead, you know, looking down the line because, you know, now it's going to be May, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, the weather's been really shitty now, but it won't be, it won't be really shitty for long. You know, and even in in, uh, Governor Cuomo's uh, press conferences, you know, he he kind of hints at that a little bit, too, about now Mm -hmm. the weather's going to be getting nicer. People are going to be getting restless. That was like something he mentioned specifically, you know. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, he knows he was around for all that, too. So, I mean, you know, not governor, but he remembers all that when his dad was around. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they would have to do something interesting to, to combat that. Um, I don't know. We will see, man. We'll see. I, I count my blessings and I, I'm, I'm fortunate that, you know, I've been able to weather the storm so far and I hope I continue to weather the storm. And, you know, I just, uh, taking it day by day. Every day is new. Yeah. It's all you can do, man. And so, I'm, I'm watching some great movies and 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 reading some books and and avoiding some books. And <laughs> <laughs> so you said you have Shutter. So today, uh, the Joe Bob Briggs, uh, the the next you know whatever you want to call it season of his like show. Yeah, yeah. I gotta check that out, man. Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna watch that tonight. If, yep. But if there's other things, uh, there's just so much other shit, man. I like. The Ray Donovan thing is yeah. it's a priority in my life right now. Ray Donovan, Mike. <laughs> well, tonight tonight was like we were planning for this, you know, tonight yeah. at the uh What movies is he showing tonight? I don't know. It's like almost oh, okay. it's almost um I haven't even looked into it really, but it's the movies are almost secondary in some right, ways. Right, right, exactly. You know, it's uh I, I really enjoy him. I'm glad he's back. And uh you know, I've always been a big Joe Bob fan. <laughs> And um, it's just cool to have him back. And I'd like to see if he's going to say anything about all the stuff we're going through. If, it's gonna, if that's going to be part of his narrative. I'm sure he is. I have a great book by him about horror movies. Uh, can't think of the, let's see the name of it right now. I'm, I'm looking at, at the book collection here, but he wrote a really cool book about like unseen horror movies. Oh, okay. Um, it, uh, the name is escaping me, but uh, it is somewhere in my collection. Um, I would recommend it. You could probably just Google Joe Bob Briggs book. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got like a chapter about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's even got a chapter about like the movie Deep Throat. Um, he's a cool guy. I always remember his scene in Casino. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right? Uh, Robert De Niro was like wanted to like, you know, fire him and he was always like abusing him and stuff. That was really cool. Yeah, you know, Casino. Must have a good story about how he got that role. I don't know, you know. Yeah, that that's um probably out of all of Scorsese's films, that's the one I go to the least 
but it's a great movie. Yeah. Oh, dude! I, if that's on, it's um, that's it. I'm watching it no matter what time it is. I forgot um, what tour it was, but uh, our the, our drummer Justin's like a huge, um, you know, just in general like a huge like crime gangster mafia fan. And um, we had uh, we had Casino. Oh no 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 no! It was um, Goodfellas. We had Goodfellas. He had he had like the movie on his computer. So whenever we'd go to like the the hotel at at the end of the night, we would uh, plug his computer into the TV if they had one of those like uh, smart TVs, and mm -hmm. and like Goodfellas would just run on this loop all night basically. Like I'd wake up at like four in the morning and the, the movie would just be on. <laughs> we'd always start watching it and then everyone would fall asleep and the movie would just keep running. Oh, the book is called Profoundly Disturbing by Joe Oh, yeah. yeah. I heard of that. I don't have it, but I heard of it. I think it's yeah. probably showed up in, like, different searches I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool. I would recommend it to, to anybody into, like, horror or exploitation movies or Joe Bob. Uh, yeah, I've had it for a while. Yeah. So, Mike, we got to come up with a game plan uh, now that, uh, you know, hopefully things are turning around. But we got we to come up with a game plan to re relaunch Necro. Yes. And, uh, get some ideas. Uh, people are looking for new episodes. and uh, I know. We sure are. Yeah, people have asked me about it, and I'm, I'm glad that that's, uh, that that's been on people's minds. And yep. I think, um, you know, this is a good time for podcasting now because, well, people have the time so <laughs> to listen. And I, I got to be honest with you, man. I don't think I'm going anywhere for the rest of the year. Oh, <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Yeah, I hear you, man. I, I think you. I'm just going to stay where I'm at and do my thing and there's going to be no road work this year at all so i'll be around okay that i mean i think you know i myself i, I mean I, i'm not going anywhere <laughs> however I, I i hey i hope that i can at some point later this year go out to california uh you know for you know uh, for pleasure not for you know music or business related but even if that happens, I mean, that happened for a couple of months. So, yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, we should come up with a game plan. We get, get some, you know, get our ideas together, try to launch something maybe next month or something, get this thing back yeah, on the road. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think it's a good time for it. And it's just, you know, with all the streaming services and it's just, it's just like an abundance of things to watch, really. Yeah. Um, and there's just good availability of really good movies, I think. Um, you know, from the more underground stuff or the European stuff, it's just, it's easier to find a lot of the movies I feel like you and I like a lot and have talked about and, and are kind of knowledgeable about, which is great. It's yeah. like they're, they're finally, you know, like a mass available, which is awesome. Yeah, totally. All right, man. So hang in there. And yes. uh, maybe I'll see you in person at some point in the next few weeks. Like that would be really yeah. cool if we could somehow, uh, <laughs> be released from these prisons that we've been in, you know, and, uh, no, man, I think, I think, you know, I think we've got some, some, some better days in the, in the near future. So be healthy and be well, Mike. And everyone, thanks for tuning in and, uh, we'll, we'll yeah. be coming back at you soon. Take care. Yes, we will. Take care.